Welcome to the Aussie Bloggers Podcasts, brought to you by Tan and Amanda. Tan's from Write Your Cancer, and Amanda's from My Office Books, and you can find them both at Blogger Support for All. Join them as they talk about blogging, and as they speak to a variety of Aussie bloggers who share their own stories, secrets, and successes about the world of blogging. And now, here's Tan and Amanda. Hi, I'm Tan from Write Your Cancer. I'm Amanda from My Office Books. And you're listening to the Aussie Aussie Bloggers Podcast. And today we have Kim O'Gorman from KOG Marketing Solutions. Hi, Kim. How are you? Hi, well, thanks. How are you? We're very well, thank you. So we were going to be discussing on a more technical basis today, weren't we, Kim? Talking about your processes for blogging. Yeah, I thought so. It would be a good chance to take some of the steps that people can take to actually form their blog posts and get them out into the big wide world. Great. So, and I'm oh, sorry. Go I was going to say before we do that, how about you? <laughs> how about we um, we hear a little bit about you and all about Cog Marketing and your direction for 2016. Sure. So I'm a corporate refugee is what I like to call myself, and I had a few friends who were in a similar position. Um, so I spent about a little over 20 years in PR, comms and marketing roles um, in Brisbane and the UK and New Zealand. And a good chunk of that was with um, what is now known as Lion Co. It was Lion Breweries at the time. So I worked on brands like Forex and um, some of the premium beer brands and that sort of thing. So my background is very much in um, traditional marketing and working with some big brands, which was fantastic. Um, But I'm a geek at heart. And so when my kids were born, um, I loved the opportunity. And it was just around the time when social media was getting bigger and and a bit more exciting. And um, I love playing with new media and new gadgets. So I took that opportunity to start my own business. So it's a marketing consultancy, um, fairly broad range. So I do some marketing strategy. I do web design as well. And also then social media strategy and um, actually carrying out social media for some businesses as well. Oh, excellent. So now one of the things that when I talk to a lot of bloggers, uh, a a lot of the time they say, how do you get traction? How do I get people to actually read my blog? How do I get it out there? Do you have any tips or what's process that you use yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest thing, and it's the thing I have found the most challenging, is consistency. And it's a really boring answer because it should be something a bit sexier than that. But if you look at the bloggers who are doing a really good job and who have turned their blog into a business or who are blogging for their business and having some really significant results, they are consistent. So it's not to say that they're prolific. So they're not blogging. Well, some of them are, but not everyone's blogging every single day or, you know, spending a lot of time and resources on it. But if they blog once a week, they blog every single week. Um, And if they blog every day, then it's, you know, every single day or whatever time frame they've set up. Um, And I know for me in my business, um, because blogging is not my, my blog isn't my business, it supports my business, you know, client work can take priority, my family can take priority, and it's a really easy thing to push down the list and um, to then not get done. So I think for 2016, for me, that is one of my biggest focuses is making sure that um, I'm realistic. So I'm committing to a weekly blog because I would like to do more, but, you know, there's only so much time. So it will be every single week and I'll set up the processes and tools and reminders and all the things in place to let me do that. 
So talk us through some of those tools that you use and the, and the processes and, and what you've set up yourself. Yeah. So the first thing, I mean, my first step is to, and I recommend for any blog or business, is obviously to really know your audience um, and everyone who will talk on any podcast or at any conference will bang on about knowing your audience, but it's really vital. Um, and from there, you can then sit down. And what I've done different, you know, every few months, I'll sit down and brainstorm a list of 20 or 30 blog posts that I could write for the next couple of months. And so that way, I've, I've, I never am in a position where I sit down at my computer and think, oh, God, what am I going to write about today? I've got a big, long list I can choose from. Um, and they come from mostly from questions that my clients ask me or um, I'm fairly active or at least uh, spend some time in Facebook groups or LinkedIn groups where I know my audience hangs out or people who are really similar to my target audience. So I look for the questions that they're asking in those groups. Um, I look for what's happening, you know, in social media trends and I just brainstorm a whole list of, of blog topics and things just, some will just hit me in the face. Like this week I'm trying to organise my mum's birthday party and, you know, have contacted about eight different caterers and only had two get back to me. And, um, you know, one we spoke to and then didn't answer my, their phone for two weeks. This is a blog post that's just wanting to be written. It's like, answer your damn phone and return your phone calls. <laughs> it's not a hard one. Um, so things like that. So I just keep track of all of them. So I've got my list of blog posts that I will write. And I actually start, when I've chosen which one I'm writing for for the week, I actually um, mind map it out. And I've really found that for me, I don't, again, I don't just sit down staring at a blank cursor and um, write it. I I like the process of, and I use pen and paper, not mind map software, and that's probably the main thing that I'm traditional with. But I, you know, circle in the middle with the blog topic, and then I'll, you know, have intro and the main points, and then I can just write down all the information and all the points I want to get across. Um, I can do my research and make sure I'm capturing the information. I can, you know, sketch out pictures I might like to look for. I can go hunting for quotes from people, and it's all in a really simple format. Um, so then when I get to the actual stage of writing, all the information is there in a, in a structured way that I can just flow and get bash out the actual blog post fairly quickly. Um, so there's more work in the prep probably than in the actual writing. Um, and then from there, I basically create the images. So I batch create all my images for the blog post. Um, when I'm writing it, I just write it in, like I use a Mac, so in text edit, so in a really simple, plain format. Um, and I prefer to do it, you know, in text edit rather than straight into WordPress because I just don't trust that things can't disappear. And also I like <laughs> to have it in a format that I can then go back and repurpose it later. Whereas if you just type it straight into WordPress, you know, it's in one format. I can take the text edit and save it as a different kind of format or put it into a slideshow or it's just a bit more flexibility than if you just typed it into WordPress itself. I like that technique, Kim. That is so practical because repurposing your content has become a big thing, hasn't it? Uh, absolutely. And it just makes sense because it takes a lot of our time and effort. Um, so whether your blog is your actual business or you're blogging on behalf of your business, you know, you, there's so many things you have to get done. And I think, I mean, at least for my creative brain, I love writing and I always have, but there's the reality of it is, you know, to sit and try and form, like, get ideas and formulate it, it can take a lot of time. Or is at least if you get one sort of core idea that you can write a blog post, but then, I mean, I've, and I also do some guest writing for other, like, say, for, like, Flying Solo and those sorts of places, 
you know, you don't want duplicate content, so I will never use that post on my own blog, but I can turn it into a slide share presentation or I could turn it into an infographic or I could record a video on it. And it's just, you know, then at least half of the work is done and it's a lot more efficient use of our time. And so um, now what tools do you use for creating your, your images? Um, Canva is the main one. Um, I love Canva. And if anyone isn't using it yet, you really, really should. It's just so simple and easy to use. Um, I have the Canva for work version. So it's, um, I think it's what, 10 or $12 a month. Mm. Uh, but that means that I've been able to save my brand kits. I can upload my own fonts. So you've got a lot of flexibility there. Um, I use on my phone, I've got so many different apps. It's, um, it's embarrassing, but WordSwag is a, a constant for me. So I can create quote images or that sort of thing in WordSwag. Um, and I've just started playing with a new one or two new ones, actually one called Adobe post. So it's a similar sort of image creation tool, but it's put out by Adobe. And so you have access to a lot of their stock images and that sort of thing. Um, and one that I basically just downloaded yesterday is Brander, which is B-R-A-N-D-R. And um, it's also an image creation tool, but it has so many opportunities and you can really, you can capitalise and um, adapt other people's designs and that sort of thing. So if you're not a real designer, you can get some really good inspiration. Uh, so they're the ones I'm using mostly at the moment. Now, are um, these for iPhones or for Androids? So WordSwag is iPhone only. Um, I think Adobe Post, I believe, is across both. Um, and Branda, I'm not sure, um, but I'll find that out. Then we can put it in your show notes or let everyone know whether that's across both or not. Yeah, because I'm an Android user, so uh, I'm finding yeah. there's huge limitations. So looking for my second phone, because I have multiple businesses, I use two different phones. Yeah. I'm seriously looking at having an iPhone purely because of the apps that you have available that aren't yeah. available as a Android user. Yeah, absolutely. And I've got quite a few friends who may have switched to Android Um and if they've been previous iPhone users, they keep their iPhone just for that purpose, just to use because some of the apps aren't available on Android. Um, it's a shame, but, I mean, when you actually look into the expense and investment made, like, to make an app, you can understand why people might not be able to do it. But I think it's the tide is starting to shift. I think a lot of developers are realising that, you know, there's more and more Android users wanting to access them. So, yeah. And just leading from the, uh, the talk about images, which leads nicely into social media in terms of marketing, what tips do you have for our listeners and what do you actually do yourself to make the most of social media? Yeah, so when, um, you know, c coming on from the images, when I'm creating them, I create all of my images at once. Um, so I will create a version for each social media platform. And I think that's one thing that people should be really aware of is that it's not necessarily one size fits all. And so an image that might look amazing on Facebook, you know, might not look as good or be as effective on the other platforms. Um, and again, in Canva, there's a tool that you can basically hit a button and it resizes the images, but, you know, you tick which platforms you're wanting to have images for and it resizes it for that. Um, and there's a little bit of tweaking, but it's only a couple of minutes versus a bit longer. Um, so I create all my social media images at the same time. I generally try and prepare my posts. I've at least upload them to WordPress a couple of days before publication date. Um, so I put it into WordPress and schedule when it's going to be published. And then I add um, 
I schedule the post into Facebook um, and I use that within Facebook itself. I schedule it. I put it into Hootsuite to remind me to pin, um, post them to Instagram. And so generally I'll do it alternate times of the day. So if I post it on Facebook in the morning, I'll post it on Instagram that night. Um, and then Twitter, I hit a few times over the week of publication and then I put it into a tool called um, Edgar. So it's at meetedgar.com. And that just then um, filters my library of posts through. So they're coming up every few weeks um, so that that old content is still being seen and still driving traffic. Yeah. I've actually heard that um, it's it's good to post to Twitter multiple times in the one day simply because of the time difference. Yeah. So you, I'll look and go if it's um, if I post in the morning and at lunchtime that day, then I'll post the following day and then maybe leave it a couple of days and then kind of post a week later. Um, back before I was using Edgar, I'd then kind of post a month and then two months and just try and have it scheduled for a long way in advance. Um, but now Edgar does that for me, so I don't have to schedule it quite so far. So, Kim, for those people who haven't heard of Edgar before, can you just do a brief description of what Edgar actually is? Yeah, sure. It's um, it's only new. I was trying to think. It's about 18 months old, I think, um, it's been out. And it was developed by a, a lady called Laura Roder, and she was a social media marketer and consultant. And it's basically um, you create libraries of your content and it's across Facebook and Twitter. Um, but I use it mostly for Twitter because I sort of inhabit for my Facebook stuff. And also, you know, I found Facebook prefers if you use Facebook's tools. So I keep that in its own little bucket. Um, but you can schedule your content in and you can create libraries. So you can create different sort of buckets of information um, or content and then schedule how often it gets posted out. So what it means is effectively every blog post I write gets put into this big collection of all my blog posts and I can say I want them posted at 11 o'clock in the morning and 4 o'clock in the afternoon or whatever time I say and it just cycles through the library. So, you know, one post will appear every now and again. Um, and, but if you've got a post, like if I wrote a post that was specifically about um, a conference that was being held this year, I could still schedule it but not put it into that cycle because eventually it will be out of date. But for your evergreen content, it just means that it's being shared over and over again. So it's not just languishing in your blog post and not being seen because, you know, even we as the creators tend to forget our older posts. It just means that it's being able to be put out there and you can keep content flowing. And that leads me into an interesting question. I have heard the debate about not dating your blog posts and your blog blog post. So how do you feel being as you're into content creation and you do marketing, what's your thoughts on that? I I prefer, like, well, as a user, I want to know when the blog post was written because if I'm Googling something or if I'm coming across something, I want to know it's fairly recent and, and relevant. Um, you know, I do understand from the content creator's point of view and especially if they're working hard on their SEO and wanting it to appear you know, high in the rankings, that they don't want people to click out if they suddenly see that that post is from 2013. Um, So I I understand both sides of the argument, but I know as a user I get really frustrated if I can't see the date. Uh, So, I mean, I would probably err on keeping my users happy, um, which then might lead to some, uh, you know, some consequence in terms of bounce rates or traffic to my posts. Um, But I think that's the whole blogging and social media argument is, 
you know, there's the things you can do for your stats and for what you want to achieve, but ultimately we're supposed to be writing and serving our audience. And I, I would rather achieve success by cultivating an audience and giving them what they want than sort of gaming the system. So that's kind of my viewpoint. But as I say, I absolutely understand why people do it. And I guess different industries can get away with it in different ways. Um, you know, if, you're, if I'm Googling a recipe, I don't care when it was written because it's kind of timeless. But if I'm Googling the latest trends of, you know, or the latest Instagram statistics, then I only want something from the last six months. I don't want something from three years ago. So I want to know when the blog post was written. Excellent point. Yeah. Um, Kim, you're so interesting to talk to and I could talk to you all day, but we've sort of got to wrap up. So could you just leave our listeners with maybe your top three marketing tips for blogging? Sure. I think, as I say, number one is consistency. Um, and number two would be actually talking with your audience and engaging with your audience on your own blog but also on social media because not only does that make you a real human and um, let them build a relationship with you, you also have the opportunity to listen then and that's what actually gives you the power to create the content that your audience will love because you know what questions they're asking, you know what things they're interested in. Um, and thirdly would be definitely use social media. Um, I think the reality of social media at the moment is that we're in a really interesting time where we've had this free opportunity for so long um, and with new platforms coming on all the time, there will be a point where it's a pay-to-play situation like on Facebook. The other platforms will all eventually move that way, I believe, because why would they have a business if they weren't making money from it? Um, but I think what we need to remember is, and you know, from my perspective, it's still this incredible resource and this incredible opportunity that's really cost-effective um, compared to when back when I was working at the breweries and it was um, television advertising or newspaper advertising, which was thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars, social media still gives us that opportunity to access our audience really cost-effectively. So we can do so, we can control so much in our content and create access people organically. But then also remember that that pay-to-play opportunity is there for us in a really cost-effective way to grow our businesses. So don't ignore that either. That's great. Look, thank you so much, Kim, for spending some time with us because I know you're a very busy woman. And thank you. <laughs> but we really deeply appreciate the wonderful tips you've given us. And I'm sure there's a lot of bloggers listening to this over the next coming weeks that are going to find a great deal of value. So for them to find you, Kim, what is the best way for them to communicate or find you if they wanted yep. to know, learn more about your content creation, marketing and social media? social media um, scheduling. Yeah, so the best place on my website is kimogorman.com.au and that's Kim with a Y. Um, so that's kind of my main home. Um, or on Facebook, it's Kim O'Gorman Marketing Solutions and on all the other platforms, it's at COG Marketing, so K-O-G Marketing. Um, and what I've got to do if your audience will be interested is I'll put together um, just a rundown of my blogging creation process so the mind mapping and all that sort of thing that they can have a look at if they'd like to Um, and they can can find that at um, so I'll just put that at kimogorman.com.au slash Aussie bloggers so you can find it there and download it there that is awesome our listeners will love you for that absolutely no problem (laughs) thank you so much for your valuable time Kim we really appreciate it and loved having you on the show. Well, thanks so much for the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. Bye. Bye. 
We hope that you enjoyed this episode of Aussie Bloggers Podcast. If you would like to become a part of the Aussie Bloggers Podcast family and suggest a featured Aussie blogger or just to say g'day, visit Tan and Amanda at aussiebloggerspodcast.com or at bloggersupportforall.com. If you'd like to leave a review, they would love that too. Keep an ear out for the next Aussie Bloggers Podcast coming your way soon.